Hey friends, it's your girl Britt and Joy Jolene. Welcome to Back to Her. If you aspire to heal, evolve, or revolutionize, this podcast is for you. Make sure you subscribe and follow us on Instagram at official back to her. And that too is the number two. Let's get it. Hi, friends. Welcome back to our podcast. How are you? We hope everyone is having an amazing Sunday. Um, today, we have an amazing, amazing, amazing. We're going to let her introduce herself, but we have Miss Milan Mobley on the phone, and we are so excited and just. We're honored to have her on the podcast and we're just going to get into, we're going to get into more later on in the episode, but yes, can you introduce yourself? Welcome. Yes. Thanks ladies for having me. It's such an honor. Just really quickly, friends, before I introduce myself, I have to give Joy and Brittany their flowers. I remember being in New York City <laughs> um, at yes. Morgan Talks back in what, was it 2018? 20- Mm. 20 2019 2019 yeah because it was right before we launched in 2020 so 2019 wow yeah okay it was it was so right before the world went haywire we were in new york city and they came to mobile talks and they presented the idea of their podcast and it was such a grand idea but it just wasn't on the scale of just podcasting it was really touching Mm -hmm. women and touching the community and i think that is a beautiful thing so to know that we're coming up on episode 50 that mm-hmm. is that is a milestone. So, ladies, I just want to congratulate you and thank you for considering little old me on your big old podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, we want to give you your flowers too because y'all, she look go to her, okay? Because she got us organized and she let us know, like, you know, when you're starting a new business, you don't necessarily know exactly what to do. You don't know what you're getting into. Um, so she just helped us. Literally, gave us like booklets and everything. Um, she helped us organize our thoughts and think about who is our audience, who is back to her. Um, she really asked us those thought provoking questions that really got us in the business mindset and in the mindset of like, oh my gosh, like this is real. And so, um, once she did that, we literally went back home and we started, you know, continue to do like our groundwork. And then here we are. Um, so we're very, very, very thankful for that. Absolutely, ladies. Well, friends, now that you heard the backstory and how <laughs> we are connected and, and just supporting each other, I mm-hmm. am Milan Mobley, principal, publicist, CEO, and founder of New Management Strategic Communications and Public Relations Agency. If you don't mm-hmm. want to say that mouthful, just say you manage public relations because I know the name is super long. <laughs> <laughs> I also am a business strategist and systems coach. I also practice brand development. So if you are in need of getting your brands together and really developing it, then I am the person to go to. I'm also the CEO and founder of the Women's Entrepreneur Hers Brunch. I've been in the public relations space for 10 years now. I've been an entrepreneur for six years and I've been self-employed in the entrepreneur space for four. So I'm a little under five years, but it's creeping up on me and I'm super excited to still be here especially as a black woman in business and entrepreneur in business it is definitely an honor and a privilege to still be afloat and especially after being in such a rough time over the last year of being in the pandemic so that's me in a nutshell 
I won't spend too much time talking about myself because I know we have so many amazing things to talk about today. So that's me. Nice to meet you guys. So yes, let's get into our first question. <laughs> okay. So our first question is, uh, Milan, can you just tell us a little bit about what called you into the work that you're doing today? Yes. Yeah, so I tell this story so often. And so it, it actually is funny every time I tell it because this was an accident. <laughs> <laughs> like literally the definition of accident is what my work became so what is this it's 2020, 2021 okay so 11 no 10 years ago 10 years ago I stepped foot on Bethune-Cookman University's campus that was my first institution I went to and everything was beautiful right I was having fun I was a freshman I was doing so many things that I love to do but then I decided to get certain things up so when I gave those certain things up, I was like, okay, well, I need to find my place on campus. I ended up talking to one of the um, RAs that I was cool with. And she was like, yeah, the freshman class is actually looking for a public relations coordinator. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, well, let me meet with the president. One thing about me is I'm never going to say no. If I know that I can probably do something and figure it out, if there's a will, there's a way. And I know that for sure. So I was like, okay, like, I don't know what this means, but I'm going to, I'm willing to hear it. All I need is the door to be open. And when that door is open, I'm going to just figure out the rest. So the door was open. I met with the freshman class that evening. He told me exactly what he kind of wanted from public relations, but I still didn't really understand what it was. So initially I went back to my room. I researched what public relations was, started Googling YouTube University, shout out to all the graduates of that, and started <laughs> learning exactly what that was. And then I came back to them the next day with a full thought out plan. And he was like, wow, you're really good at this. Like, this sounds amazing. And in my head, I'm like, only if you knew that this was maybe four or five hours of research and just strategic and critical mm -hmm. thinking <laughs> that went mm -hmm. behind this. So after I participated in homecoming and did a couple of things with the freshman class, um, I, I really felt a newfound love that I I hadn't felt before. I thought that psychology was my calling when I was in high school taking AP Psych. And then when I got to um, college, I was like, well, I write really well. I love English. Like, I'm amazing in it. So let me do journalism. Long story short with journalism, I ended up trapping myself into broadcast journalism. I didn't know the difference at the time. So when we were in our professional seminar class, they were just calling out different areas of communications. And all I heard was journalism. And here I am now in broadcast journalism on FM radio. Mm. I wasn't even supposed to be in radio. I was supposed to be writing <laughs> stories. How am I even here? So fast forward, I ended up enjoying the radio, but I knew that wasn't for me. Um, journalism, not to say that it wasn't prominent, but public relations took over and when I learned that in public relations was a lot of writing it kind of stuck like well I like to write anyway and I get to tell stories I get to build campaigns I get to do all these things that require me to be creative requires the critical thinking that I love to do and requires me to write one of my best skills that mm. was where I felt most comfortable and after just studying it becoming a public relations major getting internships in it doing different things under the marketing advertising space which of course is different from public relations I learned how they all coincided and complemented each other and that is when I knew what I could do for the world and that's mm -hmm. how I started yeah that's beautiful I think it's interesting how you know we all just kind of like fall into things mm -hmm. like the other day I was watching um so I don't know if I was watching the I Am Athlete podcast, because I think now their wives have one together, I think. But either way, I was watching the wives of the men from um, I Am Athlete podcast, 
And one of the women was talking about how she's a professional bodybuilder. Mm. And I think she was just saying, like, it was literally something she just fell into. Like, she, I think she was saying, like, she either, it was either, like, a boyfriend that she had that, like, made her gain interest. Or I think that's what it was. Like, she had an ex-boyfriend and then, like, they were working out and then it like literally she just fell into it but now she's a professional at it mm-hmm. and so like I feel like that in itself is kind of like a revelation and a life lesson I feel like sometimes we are so like we want to be so in control you know mm-hmm. like we're so attached to like what we think an outcome will be or what we think mm-hmm. we're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing but like I feel like if you just like release control and just mm-hmm. allow yourself to fall into things like because imagine, like, if you were so gun-holed on what you went to college to do, mm-hmm. and it was that and that thing only. Like, you wouldn't have even opened yourself up to then one day become the CEO of, you know, what it is that you're doing now. So, I think that's really dope. Yeah, I agree. I think that's really dope. And I think, I love that you, like, trusted your intuition. Yeah. And, like, you literally, like, someone spoke life into you. And then, literally, that's all that needed to be done. And so, it sparked the energy that was, like, this is my purpose and you literally went after it and you chase it. So since I know your story a little better, can you also tell us um, a little bit about once you decided to go into PR, like after college and how that was? Yeah. Um, Ooh, <laughs> the decision really, I think we all can agree from this, especially coming from HBCUs and just being in that space of paying college tuition I didn't want to waste my college tuition dollars being in anything else than what I got a degree in. And it was that simple. I was at the government um, since I was 14, 15 years old in their pathways program. So initially that carried over into college. And after graduation, I walked into a full-time job, but I wasn't doing public relations. I was in the civil rights office. Mm. That that's not public relations or I wasn't mm. in the public relations <laughs> office of civil rights. I was in the civil rights <laughs> office, literally handling claims, listening to people call all day and tell their life stories about how they can't get in contact with HUD or how they can't get in contact with WIC or they they don't have any money for their kids to go to school. And that right there is already heartbreaking enough. So hearing mm-hmm. people's stories all day and it's just wearing and tearing on you. It was one of those moments for me where I was like, okay, I'm applying to jobs. And this is a fun fact. And I love saying this because it, it's so liberating after I say it. And I think it really attaches to people. I had applied for 100 jobs before graduation mm-hmm. and then 100 jobs after graduation. So while I'm sitting here mm-hmm. embodying and taking on so many different stories from people, I'm fighting my own demon of not being able to mm-hmm. leave. Mm-hmm. And daily, I'm like, God, like, why am I not getting these jobs? Like, I'm, I know I'm good. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. this GPA. I'm in grad school. I got accepted into George Washington University, for God's sake. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm great. That's what I'm thinking. But God is basically telling me, yeah, you're great, but I'm not moving you yet. Mm-hmm. And at this time, I hadn't thought about starting the company. I was just fresh out of undergrad. I'm sitting here yet again, applying for a more job, super frustrated trying to just get into somebody else's workspace to do what I thought I was supposed to do for somebody else. Mm-hmm. So then fast forwarding, um, what's this, 2015? Yes, I started the company. So that was, I graduated in May. July comes around and I literally wake up <laughs> in the middle of the night, call my NCNW sister here, who actually went to Morgan State. She's a Morgan State graduate. 
<laughs> and I saw her on the phone and I'm like sis like I have to start my company and she's like girl what are you talking about it's 3 o'clock in the morning we have to be at the government in the morning because she works at a whole nother department so she's like we have to be up and at it I'm like yeah that's all fine and dandy but I'm up like I literally had this like burning mm. sensation inside of me that was like no you need to be up and this needs to happen right now and I, I couldn't let it go it wasn't it was one of those feelings like you couldn't shake y'all have had that feeling where you just literally couldn't shake it Yes, yeah, for sure. I couldn't go back to sleep. It was like every time I tried to close my eyes, it was like, get up, get up, like smacking me in the back of my head. So we stayed up and I literally slept six hours out of five days. Sheesh. Building you mm. management because mm. I, I I couldn't shake it. No matter how bad I wanted to go to sleep, it was just there. Like, no, this needs to happen, this needs to happen. So long story short. Uh, July 20th, 2015 is when I officially had everything, like new management launch. I had my LLC, my EIN, my website, my business cards, and my first client all within five days. Wow. Mm. Sheesh. Oh, we got to get into details on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but wow. I think that's definitely major because I feel like a lot of the times in me, you know, me specifically, it's like I'll get that urge. I'll get that business idea. I'll get that feeling. And then sometimes I don't act on it. Most times I don't act on it. And I think one big thing that, um, even though I'm getting that nudge and I'm getting that nudge, a big thing that comes in between that is fear. It's like, okay, well, I got to do this and I got to do that. And then, you know what I mean? And then here we hear your story, which is very influential. And it's like, you did it in five days, Mm -hmm. right? You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like a lot of times what happens is like, we can come up with excuses Mm -hmm. And things of that nature. But I feel like when it's really your purpose, you'll get that feeling of yeah. like waking up in the middle of the night. You'll get that feeling of like, this is an idea that's not leaving your head. It's not going anywhere because this is really a purpose that God has, you know, put on you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's, I think that's me. Yeah. I feel like that's something, <clears throat> excuse me, that's something that I'm going through right mm-hmm. now. Like I'm definitely going through a phase of my life where I'm getting this like extreme nudge and like I, it is what it is and like literally the only thing that's stopping me from taking the jump that God is asking me to take is fear mm-hmm. and like I sat back and I like asked myself okay so like what exactly are you afraid of and I'm like okay well like I'm afraid to fail like oh, literally yeah. that's mm-hmm. it but it's like you know then I felt like I was just like praying and praying and praying and like I said again about the outcomes like I feel like God just talked to me it was like you know you're way too attached to outcomes mm-hmm. like you're, you're thinking of failure, failure as if like the ends like what if I don't even take you down a path that you think and it's mm-hmm. like you know I think the 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 one thing that is keeping or like that's pushing me in the direction of like following what it is that I feel is the like I never want to live with the what is like I don't want to live and be like dang like I wonder what would have happened if mm-hmm. I would have just followed what I felt or like you know I can't stomach that like there really may be a life-changing blessing or awakening on the other side that like I didn't walk into because a fear Mm -hmm. and then I feel like even with that like I feel like sometimes like when God gives you those like nudges or those like you know just pushes to do something that's out of your comfort zone I think a lot of times like we assume that it may be this grand thing and like I feel like sometimes it's not and I feel like that's okay but as long as it's keeping you in alignment is like what matters the most and so like for me I was just kind of briefly talking about this like when I graduated undergrad and God called me to leave my job I was like okay 
but God told me to leave my job. So this must mean I'm about to like have my own business and it's going to boom. And because I feel like that's the ideal story. Like that's the story that you, you see, you know, that people promote, which is beautiful, but it's like, I had a, a rude awakening and I had to realize in that moment, like it me, like I'm so focused on seeing what God did in other mm-hmm. people's lives. It's not allowing God to do something new within me, you know, and really God in that moment wasn't calling me to entrepreneurship, but God was calling me to a new job that literally, although, although my job is stressful, it was like this job is the best thing that has happened to me in this season of my life because it challenges me mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And it's like, if I was so gun hold on, I'm like, okay, this must mean I need to be an entrepreneur and just like have so much control and try to follow my own path. I would have never walked into, you know, the lessons and blessings that I got from this new mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. But yeah. So that makes me, um, you know, want to ask you like, what have been like your spiritual tools or practices along your journey that's helped you to get to where you are today? Ooh, child, let me tell you. <laughs> it was funny. Before I talk about the spiritual practices, so last year I got baptized. Um, I was baptized as a baby, but then as an adult, this was my that's something I wanted to do. And I don't know. It was like, I should have known that 2021, I mean, 2020 was going to be something different. I went to church New Year's, um, New Year's Mm -hmm. Eve and crazy story. I have actually never had a good New Year's Eve. So (laughs) never. Mm -hmm. Like when I say anything and everything that could go wrong with New Year's Eve plans have always been wrong for me. I literally like despise it. Everyone's like, are you coming out on New Year's Eve? I'm like, no. So I (laughs) literally plan like okay I'm gonna go to church like this year I'm gonna make it to church the year before that I was supposed to make it to church and I sneezed and threw my neck out and couldn't move my neck oh, <laughs> oh my god so I couldn't move my neck That's my whole neck. entire neck like was swollen like a whole lump I've been on Instagram and people didn't know to laugh or to ask was I okay because it was the story mm-hmm. behind throwing your neck out of a sneeze was hilarious so yeah. <laughs> so 2020 I'm oh, like yeah. I'm going to church I don't care if I sneeze and throw my neck out I don't care what happens I'm going to church so I ended up making it to church mm-hmm. the ball has dropped we're celebrating the new year in church and we're at the very end and I'm kind of I'm sitting there and of course we all know the same feel at the end you know they ask if you want to come and get saved and do you want to join the church so on and so forth so at this point in time I'm like listening but I'm kind of checked out because I already know we're at the end of church so I'm sitting here mm-hmm. and literally an out of body inner body experience happens. So as he's asking, do you need Jesus in your life? And do you, you know, this is you raise your hand. And literally I, I, I can't even make this up. My hand went up, but I had no action behind it. Mm-hmm. And I, lo- I looked at my hand, like, did you just move? <laughs> like, how did you get up there? And then me and my pastor are actually wow. close. So he like screamed and was like super excited. And I came up there and I was in shock. I couldn't even cry because I didn't even know what just took mm-hmm. place. Mm-hmm. So I say that to say that was New Year's Day. So I got baptized maybe three weeks after that. Then a month or so happened and the pandemic hit. So mm-hmm. the, the pandemic is hit. So now business is slowing down. Now I'm feeling depressed. I'm feeling confused because this is also the fifth year you management is in existence. Mm-hmm. And things aren't looking fifth years. They're not looking like I was baptized because I'm covered, mm-hmm. right? That's that's what happens. You you wash away the, the old you, you step into the new you and you're surrendering yourself and giving yourself to God. So God, why is this happening right now? 
Why am I feeling like this? Why am I looking and considering going back to a nine to five? Why are things so hard? When we just touched six figures in 2019, I'm not understanding. Wow. Mm-hmm. Congrats on that. Yeah, congrats on that. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So just imagine, like, just taking that picture, imagine my thoughts. So mm-hmm. I'm, like, super obsessed. And my girlfriend is like, you need to stop doing so much. Right now, you're you're trying to overcompensate. You're not allowing God to do what he needs to do for you because you're trying to fill mm-hmm. the void of what's not happening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay. So literally at the end of the day, she said, I want you five days straight. I want you to do only what you can. Whatever's okay. on your plate right now that you can do, do that. So I did just that. Every day I was done working like two. I would like take a nap. I would just like, you know, talk to God, just have those moments to myself. Literally, I don't know what is up with me in the number five, but literally when the fifth day was, not even before the fifth, before the fifth day, it was like the fourth day, a new client mm-hmm. came through. The wow. next day, something else happened. The next day, something else happened. And then literally mm-hmm. after that, we were back on flow. Mm-hmm. What do you think happened during that yeah, time? Like, like, what what sparked, what transpired during that? Or so, like, what was God, you know, yeah, trying to tell you? If that's not too personal. No, it's, yeah. it's not too personal at all. I had to understand that when, and this was a whole come you know 360 come to Jesus moment when I got baptized I I let go you surrender Ooh, I, I let go that. right mm-hmm. but in mm-hmm. those moments I went I converted back I was pulling back the old me the it's not mm-hmm. working so fix it it's it's not happening so figure it out but I wasn't asking for help in the right place so I, it wasn't working. So I, like I said, I had to think back. Like you're when you get baptized, you're you're washing away the old you and accepting the new you and mm-hmm. let and literally telling God it's whatever you want to do. I'm here. I'm here yeah. to listen. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm ready to take that change. I'm ready to make that shift. So that's what was happening. So when we talk about spiritual practices, literally now I just. I literally just have no worries. Like the way I used to worry, I'm like, it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. And granted, I'll feel upset sometimes because that's just I'm human. I'm gonna feel certain yeah. ways. I'm gonna question certain things, but I'll ultimately just turn to him, even when I'm in the shower. Like I could go all day today and say how things have went so wrong. But when I get in that shower or when I get in that mm-hmm. moment, I literally give it to him. Every yeah. single moment, I tell him, and I'm honest with him. Like God, you may be so disappointed with my thoughts, but I'm human, and I know that you know I'm human, <laughs> and I know that you know that I do mm-hmm. trust you. But it's in my nature to just feel some type of worry, and I want people to understand that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that when we tell people like trust in God and do this in God, they feel like they can't worry anymore. No, you can because you're human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But don't allow your worries to cause you to be disobedient. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's and you know what I think that's a big lesson that's been showing up in my life this year specifically I feel like ever since I turned 25 but like the big lesson has been surrender mm-hmm. and one thing about me is like I love to control control mm-hmm. control because I want to control the outcome and you know one thing I learned is like the more I try to control is the less that I'm trusting mm-hmm. God you know what I mean and so at that point God is like okay so what do you need me for and so a big lesson and a big, like, what I've been focusing on this year is just, like, surrender, whatever that looks like. Like like you said, you don't have to get mad at every little thing that went wrong in the day. Of course, you're human, and you're going to feel those emotions, but let them mm-hmm. pass. Surrender to the fact that 
Maybe this is happening for a reason. Mm -hmm. Maybe, and I was just actually just listening to a podcast on the way here where um, the man was talking about, oh, what's the word? He was basically talking about like roadblocks, you know what I mean? Things that make our lives more difficult, Mm -hmm. you know, certain Mm -hmm. things. Like, for example, um, you know, transparency moment, we record our podcast through an app, right? And so one big thing that we've been wanting to do is transfer it to like microphones and get the whole computer set up and all that good stuff. But it's like, at the same time, that's, you know, it feels like a roadblock to us, but on the other side, maybe God is teaching us how to work with what Mm -hmm. we have. Mm -hmm. God is teaching us how to best utilize the resources that we have in this moment. Maybe this lesson is to receive a lot of sponsorships on um, Anchor, and that way we make this amount of money to do this. You know what I mean? So a big lesson he was just teaching is the fact that, you know, these roadblocks are sometimes preparing you for something else in life that you're going to face, or they're preparing you in a way that they're molding you into a better person, a more resourceful Mm -hmm. person, Um, somebody who learned a new skill. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like he brought up the the example of like his camera he had a really bad camera that he was producing videos on but he learned how to edit really 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 good to where you would not know what type of camera he was using um and so like you know that just gives me it just lets me know like the process of surrendering I feel like that's when things fall in place because that's what life is anyway like Mm -hmm. your your story is written before you came here because God already has that mapped out and planned out. So the sooner that we realize that and internalize that, the the easier our lives become. You know what I mean? And so I think that's why it's also really important to just have God present in your life as well, because then you're you're able to hear from God. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're open to receiving. Um, and one thing that I like to say during my prayer is like, God, I pray that my heart, my mind, body, soul, my heart is open enough to mm-hmm. receive. And so, um, yeah, what you said is very powerful and it resonates with me a lot. And, mm, it, yeah. yeah, I feel like, like, no, oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm I was going to say to add um, to Joy's point, you sometimes have to pray dangerous prayers. And mm. my friend yeah. Jasmine, she's a former yeah. client of mine, but she's also one of my friends. She sent it to me one day. She said, this is on my heart and I want you to, to read this Bible plan. And she said, but be careful like when I, and when I say be careful I just want you to pay attention when I say be careful don't move too fast and don't overlook anything so when it came across it said dangerous prayer mm-hmm. and at the end it was challenging you to pray something dangerous and one of the things that I said mm-hmm. and hear me when I say this I this was in 2019 and I prayed and one thing about God he's he's listening don't ever he's not listening and just mm-hmm. because it didn't happen the next day doesn't mean that he didn't have it for you at the time he needed it for you. And I prayed mm-hmm. to him and I said, you know, I want you to take any, and when I say any, I mean anything away from me that is keeping me from growing. Mm. And mm-hmm. I meant that. And I said anything. Yeah. That could have been the house. It could have been the car. It could have been anything. Mm-hmm. And I literally said that. And Literally, here comes 2020 creeping around, and he took yeah, yeah. all those clients away from me. Mm. It's wow. It's so funny that you say that. Like, I often find myself in places where, like, I be hesitating to mm-hmm. pray certain things because mm-hmm. I already know, like, 
like I found myself in a moment like that last night where like like my prayer place is like the shower mm-hmm. like that's where I go to pray like you know I know some, everyone has like a different place some people is like their car you know like or people listen to music while they're in the shower whatever everyone's routine is different but like the shower is like my prayer space and I literally but like I even found myself like holding myself back from like praying a certain prayer but then I was like, you know, God, I ain't even gonna lie. I'm, I'm too, you know what I want to ask you, but I'm too scared because I'm too scared of like the outcome. And I think really it just shows that we're like, even being scared to pray a certain thing shows that like we're scared of like a certain outcome. And I feel like, like this episode, like I keep saying like outcomes, 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 like we're either afraid of outcomes that are unfamiliar for us, you know, which causes us to be attached to outcomes that are comfortable and then familiar you know to us so it's like for example when when I forgot the example that I had it's going to come back to me but I just feel like surrendering is not easy you know because when you surrender you really don't know what you're walking into you know you don't know what you're walking into you don't know what you're walking out of you don't know what's going to be released into your life released out of your life and I think ultimately it like strips us of like who we are and I think a lot of things that we indulge in like we we almost like attach it to Mm -hmm. our identity so it's like when when we're when we're taken away from certain friendships or certain opportunities or less money less clients less whatever it is and you don't have those things it then puts you in a space to like question who you are which is even a harder battle you know I feel like in itself so I think this this episode is just like an eye opener honestly to just like trust God but understanding like trusting God is not an easy task like and and it's not even like I think it's one thing to like trust God with like the things you know that God is going to show up for but I think like it's even harder to trust God with like things the unknown like literally the unknown I feel like a lot of us Mm -hmm. fear the unknown like it's like we fear you know if I do this then what's going to happen but I feel like everything's not always meant for you to know what's going to happen because I feel like if you know you'll run from it like you wouldn't even allow yourself to experience it because you're too afraid that it may break you or you're too afraid that you'll lose yourself in it or you're too afraid that you may not be good enough or whatever it is but it's like you know that ultimately just holds us back from like a destiny that's waiting on us absolutely and if people knew like you said Britt what was on the other side they may even try to take shortcuts and sometimes we're not meant to take shortcuts we're meant Mm -hmm. to go through what we go through so we can grow through it Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and I feel like we're so like we think you know when we when we set goals for ourselves or we set like visions mm-hmm. for ourselves you know we we then predict a path onto how we're gonna get there you know so it's like for example with me right I'm trying to like say what I'm going through without speaking too fast but like for example like I'm I'm cons- I'll just say it whatever like I'm considering taking some time away from work and basically going full-time in school to get mm-hmm. school done and over with. But then it's like, I feel like the thing that's like, and I feel like it's something that God is pushing me to do, but the thing that's holding me back from doing it is like, oh my God, like how can I go from working this full-time job where like I'm a supervisor and I'm running a whole department and I have staff, I have youth, I have this, I have that, like the job of my dream of this age to go to like working in a restaurant or working to like, you know, but it's like, who's to say that I won't work at this restaurant and meet the man of my dreams or meet someone who then becomes a mentor that changes my life, you know? And I'm so attached to the fact that like 
you're supposed to go to college then after undergrad you're supposed to go to grad school then you're supposed to like work your way up in your industry and you know what I'm saying like I'm so attached to like what I feel like is good or what like society shows you is appropriate that like I'm not allowing curves to be present in my journey which ultimately that's what I was talking about earlier like I'm getting a burn to like push somewhere but I'm literally too scared to take that path because I'm like that's so unheard of like nobody goes from having being a supervisor to being a waitress it doesn't make sense like you understand what I'm saying Mm -hmm. but it's like little do I know that might be the best thing that can ever happen to me like you know so well Brit think about it this way when you said that like no one goes from being a supervisor to a waitress who goes from being a billionaire to being homeless many people yeah 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 Yeah. Dang, you just spread me, girl. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel that. Yeah. I feel that. Whoa, I'm red. I have nothing else to say. The rest of the okay. yeah. But I don't want, one thing I don't want you to do, I don't want you to keep thinking about failure because, and it was so crazy. I can't remember which pastor yeah. said this, and it's like burning me up inside because I really want to quote them properly. But in short, they were saying sometimes your failure is missing the assignment. Mm-hmm. you're so worried about failing in what God is calling you to do so you don't do it but the failure was the assignment that was missed that's powerful that's powerful and that's why I think um, that's the importance of surrendering mm-hmm. and I think it just like life in general comes with the highs and lows but we have to be open to learning the lessons. So it sounds like the, the biggest, the biggest thing that's um, maybe contributing to your fear is like learning mm. who's this other Brittany. Yes. Like in this situation, who is she going to be? Mm-hmm. And will other people like her? Will other people respect her? Yes. What, other, what will other people think? Yeah. And I think um, I definitely resonate with that, but um, I understand mm-hmm. how much mm-hmm. that can be like on your heart, on your mind, on your body when it's like you're being called to, evolve or you're being called to change literally like what Milan was saying earlier like God was calling to new her Mm -hmm. and I feel like that happens in life like that's going to happen several times in our lives we're going to be called to be a new version of ourselves Mm -hmm. but I feel like sometimes like you like we've been talking about fear is a big thing that's getting in that's gotten in the way between fear and surrendering Mm -hmm. you know what I mean and so yeah I feel like what's in the center of that is just God yeah and it's so funny because like um okay so like I've been in this season of my life lately where like I feel like I am literally like discovering a new version of myself and I feel like it's really uncomfortable because it's like I feel like I found myself like I don't Mm -hmm. feel lost so it feels weird when it's like I'm being pulled in different directions to find myself it's like how am I finding Mm -hmm. myself if I already found myself you know but um, I feel like like there's just been certain like opportunities and things that's been like presenting themselves in my life that like I spend so much time like feeling bad because I'm just like, God, oh my God, like, I'm so scared to lose myself. I'm so scared to like, you know, because I'm so attached to like, like I feel like last time I like I compare who I am right now to like the little girl Brittany or the high school Brittany. So it's like when I was doing this or when I was like, near situations like this I ended up losing myself and then it's like I feel like God's been like working with me to show me like you're not her anymore so stop like like she has grown from who she is to where you are now but in order to get to the new version of yourself you literally have to let that fear go and you're so fear of you're so scared of 
losing yourself, you're not giving yourself the chance to discover yourself. And like once I got that revelation, I'm like, oh my God, like and and, and really like I feel like the reoccurring thing of this whole episode is just like the fear of the surrender, you know, yeah. because it's like mm. and if you if you think about if you think about everything that we're saying, we're literally fearing or the fear only comes mm-hmm. up when we're becoming mm-hmm. better. You know what I mean? Like when when and it, so to think of it like that is like we have no we should just surrender like because mm-hmm. had we surrender but I think it's the process of like surrendering and that pruning process the, is scary yeah and I think it's the it's the trust and it's doing something we've never literally never done yeah. before besides when we were children mm. and so one thing that comes to mind when you were talking is we've all I feel like we all have but um I know we all have something in common where it's like in college we're actually mm-hmm. president yes. or we're Miss Morgan State University and then here we are and we go into the real world and we're <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean and so can we all just take a moment to just just go around and talk about how that transition felt and what that did for us and how that's helped us to be who we are today in a sense where we're no longer identifying with, you know, what's placed on us. Mm. Um, or if we're not doing the other, vice versa. So yeah, yeah. Can you start? In undergrad, I mean, I think you ladies can contest. If you wanted to be in an organization, you were in that organization. Just <laughs> go do it. I know running mm-hmm. for SJ president and running for Miss Morgan State or a campus queen and queen position or just any position on campus was definitely one a popularity contest. And then two is also how well you made yourself known. There's two sides of that when you come into the real world. And I definitely experienced that. I knew how to make myself well known. You're, you can kind of sometimes be a naturally likable person. In my opinion, I like to believe that I'm naturally likable, you know, but some may argue the other round, but mm-hmm. I think, think that I'm a naturally likable <laughs> person. But on the other foot, it wasn't as easy just to be a part of something. That's when that real work came into play. Yeah. So yeah. in the mind of the SJ president, mm-hmm. where you walk in the room and, oh, this SJ president, like, the world, world stops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, literally. You know, you go into the yes. president of the university's mm-hmm. office and you're SJ president, you're the second most powerful person in that mm-hmm. room to the real world mm-hmm. where you're a little fish again in a big pond mm-hmm. so now you have to do what you learn mm-hmm. to make everyone know you you have to now show everyone mm-hmm. why you were miss morgan or why you were sj president but also remember that they don't mm-hmm. care that that was your position because in the real world you don't have to refine that position and for me that was the the hard part it was like okay again I like i said i'm applying for these jobs why am i not getting it right I'm SJA president. I won SJA mm-hmm. president. I'm great. Mm-hmm. I'm class president. I'm great. I'm an AKA. I'm great. Like I, mm-hmm. I got everything that I wanted in college. Mm-hmm. Why am I not getting everything right now? Why is this not happening? What's going on? And that was the reality check. Mm-hmm. It was like check me. Yeah. Now it's time to redefine. Yeah. And I think Joy, you just said this to Brittany, redefine mm-hmm. who Milan is. I'm no longer mm-hmm. Milan the SJ president. Mm-hmm. I'm always leaving Milan AKA because that's that's just what it is. But it's it's not okay. prominent. It's, <laughs> it's not it's on a campus or you go to yeah. Morgan and you're like, oh yeah, you you go to Bowie, you're part of Ada chapter. People don't know that in the real world outside of mm-hmm. our realm. 
so now it's redefining mm-hmm. who you are. So I went through that divine intervention of redefining who I was after those four years at the institution. And my reality check, ladies, didn't even come from the jobs I was applying to. It came from the grad school I went to. Mm. When you're in the room or in a cohort or online session full of people and they don't care Mm. about your feelings like your HBCU did. (laughs) They don't care that Mm -hmm. you have 10 million things going on because now this is a professional study. You're supposed to be able to balance. You went four years, you learned something, right? You have life skills. Yeah. So here you are. Yeah. So that was that that was that for me. I was shook it. Okay. I was like, knock knock boy, take me mm-hmm. back right now. I'm coming back. I want to come home. I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so like, yeah, I can definitely relate in a sense where I literally had to find my identity all over again. Like when I first graduated, I was working at mattress firm. Like I was legit oh, working right. 10 hours a day five days a week working at mattress firm because I was just like um you know at that at that moment I was like okay I'm studying to go to law school and it kind of reminds me of you Britt when you were talking about going from like so here I am going from SGA president uh, 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 to Joy who works at mattress firm Mm. studying you know what I mean and so um that was just a huge culture shock for me because it was like one <clears throat> one thing about me, I can't sit in this, I can't sit in this this store 10 hours a day. It's not made for me. I learned that, you know, out of that experience. And then um, another thing was just like, dang, well, you know, it was comparison. It was like, all oh, these people have graduated. They're doing what they want to do. Why am I not doing what I want to do? Even though I know why I'm not doing what I want to do. Like, I have to be in the season of studying for where, you know, where I want to go. But it was just hard because I continuously compare myself. So I literally had to find my new identity, figure out again, who is joy. And that literally in 2018 is when I had my whole spiritual awakening of literally unlearning and relearning who I was. Um, And also with that journey, it's just so many life lessons that I'm learning and I'm still learning to this day to where I became more mm-hmm. accepting of myself. I became more loving and, you know, get grace throughout that period. Um, but yeah, I just agree with Milan wholeheartedly in saying like, I legit had to find myself again. And it's like, I feel like that was a, a great lesson to learn because we're constantly going through that in life. And so, you know, now it's not as uncomfortable if I go through that phase again, when I go through that phase again, mm-hmm because I've already been through it and I've already surrendered to, to accepting that I'm not who I, who I was before. Right. Um, and so, yeah. Yeah. So I would say for me right now, I feel like I'm currently, I don't think it really hit me when I first graduated. So mm-hmm. I'm like basically at this point, like two years out of undergrad. So I feel like the first year was pretty smooth, but I feel like at this point it's chewing me up and yeah. spitting me out. And it's so funny because, like, for me, I was on the Royal Court all four years. So I was in the freshman, the sophomore, the junior, then Miss Morgan State University. And from, like, the time that I walked on campus, like, you know, from, like, mentors and people that came before me, like, I was always taught, like, don't, you know, find your identity in this. Like, don't attach who you are to, like, your positions. And so it was something that I always, like, affirmed myself. It was something that I always preached. It was something that I always, like, taught to, you know, those who came after me. And it's, like... I was never, like, I feel like I didn't 
I didn't like attach my identity to the positions, but I do feel like in a sense it did become a part of my identity. And I say that because like now I find myself in a position where like at like I mastered I look at it like this, like I mastered Morgan State University. Like mm-hmm. I hit the mm-hmm. ceiling at Morgan. Like there was nothing else Morgan State could have gave me by the time it came to graduation. Mm-hmm. But it's like because I've like hit that level of mastery now that I'm in a real world it's like I feel like I'm still walking around or like I had to be checked because or I'm being checked because it's like I'm walking around with this like champion vest on that Mm -hmm. means absolutely nothing in the realm that I'm in Mm -hmm. and so like I feel like with me now like being a supervisor it's like like I struggle because it's like I really need help like you know like I I'm not gonna say I don't know what I'm doing but I kind of don't know what I'm doing like when I interviewed like for the position and they asked me the leadership roles that I have and like have I ever managed a team and things like that I was able to say yes because I did that for the Royal Court and I was able to lead a team of eight people different ages blah 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 blah. but leading a Royal Court is totally different than leading a, a team of men that are older than me and that you know what I'm saying xyz and so now it's challenging me and it's challenging the leader that I am because it's like I, it brings up feelings of like dang I thought I was this leader that you know came into spaces and that impacted those lives that I touched and I did this and I did that and I made history you get what I'm saying because these are all things that I've done but it's like I'm I'm now in a space where I'm like a freshman mm-hmm. trying to be a senior. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and someone said that to me because I was like being like really hard on myself. Like, I feel like I'm a bad supervisor. I feel this way. I feel that way. And he was just like, first of all, you got to slow down. Like yeah. you are a freshman on a varsity team and you're trying to play as if you're a senior. But I feel like that challenge comes from like, like we've all talked about, like by the time you graduate the senior year at HBCU and you had all the accolades and accomplishments that we mm-hmm. had. It's like you've mastered it. Like you're it. Like nobody can tell you not. Like you got people from other schools knowing who you are all across the country. And it's like you, you become like this world renowned leader. But then it's like walking into like a realm where like we talk about people don't know who you are. Like you've gone from like the queen to just like Britney. Like, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's not even necessarily the like people not knowing who I am, but it's just like, like I'm so used to mastering things. So it's like now being in a space where like I'm a year into my position and I still don't feel like I've mastered it. It like, it, it, it does something to me. You get what I'm saying? So I feel like that's what my transition has like been like, it's been hard for me to like go from like being the top tier leader to back at a freshman Mm -hmm. again, to like learning my way up. So I feel like that's been like the, the biggest, um, you know, and then I think, like, in undergrad, like, you get things fast. Like, it's like everything is per semester. So it's like at the end of semester, you have the Outstanding Morgan Woman Banquet. You have the Dean's List. You have this. You have that. So, like, I've got so used to, like, hitting marks so fast. You know what I'm saying? Versus, like, in the workforce, it's not really like that. Like, you actually genuinely really have to work your way up. And that doesn't necessarily happen in four months or six months. Like, it could take three years it could take five years before you actually see the you know the progress that you want which I feel like is okay but when you're so used to like that temporary satisfaction it could feel like damn mm-hmm. am I failing am I doing this right am I actually doing a good job yeah. you know and mm-hmm. you don't got things like coordination and inauguration to back to on the back and tell you like you know you're doing yeah. the right thing so that's been my challenge in that transition 
Yeah. Yeah. And um, a big thing that comes to mind is like mentors. I feel like in undergrad, we had a lot of mentors. You had a lot of people who looked out for you, who prepped you, like, you know what I mean? And people who spoke life into you. And I think that's very important when you transition, having people, you know, someone who's older than you, someone who has more experience in whatever field or somebody that can just speak life into you. Having mentors when you transition, when you're now in the real world, just having people who will look out because... You know, nine times out of ten at a at a nine to five job, mm-hmm. those other people are competing with you. Yeah. The only mentor you'll probably yeah. have is the person who has to train you. Yeah. And then once they train you, that's it. You know yeah. what I mean? And then you have to humble yourself to ask questions as difficult as that may be without knowing if that other mm-hmm. person is telling you the right thing. Like mm-hmm. do they want me to mess up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I feel like that's a huge difference. So um, Lon, can you tell us a little bit about that and like how that relates yeah. to what you're doing? In right the now? industry that I'm in, in the space that I'm in, there can be a lot of cattiness. <laughs> it can be a lot of nice nastiness. And when I first started, just in entrepreneurship in general, the resources and the tools that everyone has now, they weren't there then. So having a mentor having someone to guide you in this space is super important which led me to creating the becoming a publicist cohort so the becoming a publicist cohort connects these young publicists with more seasoned publicists in a way where they really don't have to reach out or be intimidated because I know they can be very intimidating Mm -hmm. to someone who is an Emmy Award winning publicist or someone Mm -hmm. that's a publicist for e-entertainment. It can be very intimidating trying to reach out to them. So we're bridging the gap and trying to eliminate that from happening. When I was an undergrad, I had a couple of mentors and they were in all different spaces Mm -hmm. for different things and I think that's important to also understand yeah I have a cohort that bridges the gap that provides mentorship internships and things like that for that industry but outside of that I'm also a mentor myself just for women in general whether you're on a spiritual journey Mm -hmm. whether you're trying to figure out things in business or if you want me on the public relations side Mm -hmm. but you have to have a mentor for different things and Mm -hmm. I think that is one thing that's definitely contributed to my growth and even Mm -hmm. still in business I'm I literally have a business coach who is my mentor. Mm. And people are probably like, why do you're a business coach? Why do you need a business coach? Because I need that person. They're more seasoned than me. They are going to look at things in a different perspective than I may see it myself. So I think it's really important to also, when you think about mentorships and getting a mentor, really identify why you want to mentor, where you're trying to be, who you want to be, and what type of mentee you're going to be. When you're checking in a box for mentorship or being a mentee, you won't have to decide what type of mentor you want. Mm. What, who do you want to be? Because your mentor is going to have a great impact on your growth. So that, that determines a lot. So if you pick a mentor that's always in the club popping bottles and just doing mm-hmm outrageous stuff then that energy probably wants to start reflecting in you and you're going to start seeing those same characteristics so you have to really determine who you want to be long term then you also have to determine what type of mentee that you want to be because you never want to be the mentee that just keeps taking taking and taking Mm -hmm. because it is a mutually beneficial relationship Mm -hmm. I know there are some people that have mentors that are younger than them Mm. a mentor doesn't always have to be older than you that's true. Age, age doesn't match maturity. 
Mm-hmm. Or experience. Right, written mm-hmm. wisdom. So I think it's definitely important to understand that when it comes to mentorship. But I'm all for it. Like I said, I have various mentors for various things. One of my mentors, who's my spiritual advisor, is younger than me. She's only mm. 24. Mm. And I'm about to be 28. We're four years apart. Wow. <laughs> but she's my spiritual guidance. Mm. So how did you go about like picking yeah. your mentors? Mm-hmm. I'm very observant. I had to observe. I had to just have different conversations with them. It wasn't just based off of what I saw on social media. I mm-hmm. took the time to like, hey, do you have a second to talk? And just building relationships with them and hearing them and talking to them. And I've talked to many of people that I thought I wanted to be my mentor. And once I started actually hearing their thought process, Mm. and hearing their views on certain things and we didn't align it wasn't to say they're a bad person it's not to say their beliefs are wrong it just didn't align to where I was at or where I was headed that's important so for me it was the building of conversation just constant conversations it wasn't something I just did overnight it wasn't just something I did because I listened to a podcast because uh-huh. I think we can confess everyone knows the way you are and on a podcast and media and all that good stuff can look uh-huh. one way but then when you start really tapping into somebody's views and who uh-huh. they are as a person you're like this is not the person I heard on a podcast this is not the person <laughs> I saw on social media so uh-huh. take that time friends don't just jump in because of what you see because I'm gonna tell you a lot of what you see on social media is a facade it is uh-huh. not what it is uh-huh. yeah it's so funny that like I meant to say this when we were talking about the whole like transition from um transition from like undergrad and like who we were to like where we are now, but it's you know still relevant to like what we're talking about. And I think that one thing that I lost and I, and I don't know if it's that I lost it or it's just not the space that I'm in right now in my mm-hmm. life, but like I I feel like I lost the like childlike curiosity self. So like lately I've been like like I feel like when I was a freshman like I like I was like going to the doctor freshman men, uh, mentor mentor mixers mm-hmm. like I was like looking for a mentor like who could be my mentor who could guide me like just that fresh excitement for life and just the next steps you know what I mean and like mm-hmm. I said I feel like I lost that and I don't know if it's that maybe that's just is not this is just not the season for that for me or whatever it is but like one thing that I've been praying about lately is like God like re- like refresh like my child like self like I want to get back to like being fearless like you know as a kid you you dream big and it's like nobody can tell you that you ain't gonna be the next president of the United <laughs> States you not think about no obstacles no nothing like so I just been praying like God please like reignite that child in me that's like fearless that's excited Mm. that's hungry that's like I can't wait to go to college I can't wait to do this I'm gonna Mm -hmm. do that like when I was young I wanted a job so bad I was like 12 (laughs) trying to figure out like what age did I need to get working papers going to different jobs just trying to see if someone told me something different but like like I just can't I want to just tap back into that because I feel like that drives you to like the next you know space in life Mm -hmm. but one thing I wanted to ask you Milan before we um wrap wrap up like I know that we talked a lot about like your spiritual backing mm-hmm. and like you know just like navigating life and all of those good things so like can you just tell us a little bit about your work-life balance because I feel like that's really important to not just get so like mm-hmm. sucked into like work mm-hmm. that you don't you know have a life outside of it mm-hmm. absolutely when I say this friends I don't want you to take this and think that it's the blueprint for work-life balance 
because it wholeheartedly is not. It took years to get to this point. It took six years to get to where I am today. But the biggest thing that I will say that is the foundation, like I said, this is not the blueprint, but this one word that is the foundation is boundaries. Mm. I had to set my own boundaries. I had to eliminate and stop allowing things that certain things that I was allowing. I used to have clients call me 11 o'clock at night. I used to be working on the phone with clients past a certain hour. And now I'm like, okay, client calls, they're stopping at 1 p.m. Meetings are stopping at 6. Like that's that's just Mm -hmm. how it is. These things have to stop because as you get older, when you need downtime, you need peace. When you're in a relationship, you have to be tested to that relationship. Mm-hmm. it doesn't work mm-hmm. if you have to be on the phone it's one thing like my girlfriend doesn't mind me working laying in bed and watching tv together but being on the phone with a client yeah that's not gonna fly that's not gonna work but then also like I said for your own piece then I had to start mm-hmm. setting days up where you're not working seven days a week mm-hmm. that's the thing I was working literally constantly and when you're building a business I will say you do have to do different things you do have to sacrifice a lot and as you continue to grow and get to new levels you're going to have to continuously sacrifice but you do have to set that boundary in place so on Fridays I may touch work sort of kind of but Friday is my day off Mm. Saturday Mm -hmm. is my day off Sunday I will touch some work just to get prepared for the week but that's the day off that's self-care Sunday so Mm -hmm. my weekend Friday to Sunday are very light Monday through Thursday, I'm going hard. But those mm. boundaries have been set to keep that balance because, again, I used to just work, 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 work. Like, literally, the sun up, the sun come down, I'm still working. I'm still I'm still in that same space. But, again, as I got older and as I got more matured in business and then my relationship came along, I had to start setting boundaries to give myself grace and be kind to myself. Yeah. And let mm. myself know that you do work hard. You do deserve just a second. And you can't be creative and you can't build that business or you can't show up at that job. You can't get to that C-suite level if you are constantly on go. You have to refuel your body at some point. You have to set those boundaries. So if your boss asks you to stay late all week long, it's okay to decline that sometimes because you mm-hmm. are putting in 110% effort. And yes, you want to scale to that next level, but you have to remember the boundary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I respect that. That's good. I feel like you have so much wisdom and knowledge (laughs) and the proof is in your pudding because (laughs) what you're doing is clearly flourishing. So do you have like any um, like recommendations as far as like podcasts, books, like anything, uh, pastors, anything that you would like to share that you, you know, your go-tos or things that have made an impact on your life? Yeah. So definitely Mike Todd, Translation Church. I love to Mike Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, Pastor Boone definitely was an impact, especially here in Atlanta when I was trying to find like, that home church and really find my way when I moved out here. Pastor Boone definitely was that person. It still is that person. Um, books, so funny. I didn't even really consider Principles by Ray Dalio as a guy for me. Literally until the mm-hmm. other day when my girlfriend and I we were in the kitchen and we were talking about our plant-based diet. So we're plant-based for 30 days. So we're plant-based, yes. working out, resetting our mindsets and everything. And I said it out of my mouth. I was like, I really just feel like I need a hard reset. Mm. And when I said that, I literally quoted exactly what Diddy said in his interview with Ray Dalio. Ray Dalio is his mentor. And that's how I learned about the book Principles. Mm. 
So I was like, I need to pick that book back up. So as I was reading it this morning, it was certain things in there that I've literally applied and literally changed my way of thinking. And I'm like, this is so crazy how you don't realize how you internalize things. Yeah. yeah. So if you haven't read the book Principles, go get Principles. That's a really good book. It's work life principles. So it's so funny you just asked that question, Brittany, because it literally is a guiding tool. And mm-hmm. lastly, apply uh, another a podcast. Me as a podcaster, oddly enough, I don't have any podcasts mm-hmm. that like I like tend to. I, I, Your podcast, girl, right? I mean, my podcast, yeah, but I mean, like for me, like that, I would say mm-hmm. I love all podcasts. Like I listen to you ladies' podcasts. I listen to Girl mm-hmm. I Guess, so uh-huh. I have a plethora of podcasts, you know, that I can definitely recommend. But um, I would I say that to say I wouldn't put one over the other because I think they all give mm-hmm. something unique. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. So yeah, oh, that's why I couldn't directly give a podcast because I think they all provide different aspects of what you need when you need it. Mm-hmm. Yes, I love it. So I'll share a few. So I um, I definitely listen to your uh, podcast, Milan. Thank you. So can you actually tell them tell them your podcast so they can know? Oh yeah, sure. It's your bossiest friend, the podcast. Mm-hmm. That's Get into it. <laughs> So I think for me, like, I've noticed that, like, in different seasons of my life, different people bless me. Like, I've gone through seasons where, like, I couldn't get enough of T.D. Jakes. I've gone through seasons where I couldn't get enough of, like, Michael Todd. Mm-hmm. I but um, one podcast that has been blessing me and that I've been following in this season of my life is called On Purpose by Jay Shetty. It's so, mm-hmm. like... He's just dope. And he just recently did an um, a episode with Big Sean that I really love. Mm. So that one has been blessing me. Um, I'm forever uh, rooting with the girl, the Black Girl podcast. They always bless me. Um, and I feel like there's another one that I've been listening to that I can't think of. But that and yeah, that's that's me for this season. Oh, and, and Black Girls Heal. They've been pretty good. And the last one that I'll say is, like, I think it's a it's great to, like, I realized that I was going through, like, an information overload. So, like, I'm a heavy, heavy podcast listener. So, like, I would literally listen to, like, four podcasts a day. But, like, I realized with me doing that, it's, like, it wasn't giving me the room to really, like, soak in and internalize yeah. the information that I was giving. So, like, now I just try to, like, balance it out. So, one podcast that I, that I listen to, like, when I'm not trying to – um you know, like, taking too much knowledge, but, like, still hear, like, thought-provoking conversations mm-hmm. is the Casey Crew podcast. And that's, um, I don't know if you guys are, like, familiar with DJ Envy, but it's DJ Envy and his wife. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. So those are certain things that I've been, like, you know, listening to or kind of just tapping in that's been, like, giving me insight and, you know, kind of giving, yeah, getting my mind right. But, yeah. So mine, I would say podcast. I definitely agree with Milan and saying like I don't value. I don't not that I don't value, but I don't put one over the other. Like when I listen to my podcast and it's like a Friday and I refresh it and I see all of them, I'm like, okay, I'll listen to this one this day, that one that day. Um, but yeah, 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 yeah. But, but as books? far as books, I would say I love audiobook, y'all. Like I love like watch, cleaning the dishes and like making dinner and having my AirPods in my ear and listening to an audiobook when I can't sit down and read. Um, but one that I just got this month is The Four Agreements. I'm sure a lot of people are familiar mm-hmm. with that book, but I love that book just because it's it's 
the lessons in there are just like things that I really need really to sit simple and, and valuable. Simple and valuable. So like it's just really things that I need to accept and internalize. Um, so that's the book. I know I'm late, but that's the book I'm listening to now on audiobook. Um, I'm physically rereading Queen of Fua's book, Sacred Woman. She recently had her 20th anniversary. So she made a lot of additions to the book. So I'm taking the time to reread that because I, I feel that I need to relearn you know what I mean I feel like when I learn things I forget them or you know when it's not refreshing my brain I just move it out and I think that's what me just having so much on my mind all the time it's like I have to make room so I dish other things out and so it's time for me to read that and revisit um as far as people to listen to um Queen of Fua of course I love her so much um but yeah that's pretty much Oh, and then I'm also, like, just watching um, YouTube videos. So um, it's this it's these guys on YouTube called, like, Money Millennials um, or Millennials Money, something like that, where I'm learning more about stocks and just mm. learning more about investing. Um, so I'm watching a lot of YouTubers on that. So, yeah, that's where I'm at, y'all. So thank y'all for listening. Milan, could you tell them, like, how could they find you? Could you tell them about how could they, if they want to, you know, uh, learn more about your business? Could you just give them an overall, you know, spiel on everything before you yes, go? Yes, of course. Before I give that, lady, thank you so much for the amazing conversation. Like, my spirit is so full of this conversation. It's always good just to hear other women's journeys and the love mm-hmm. and connection that other people have for God and how he's using them and he's definitely using you ladies mm-hmm. to do something that I can't even really touch on. I don't even, I, I just feel it. You know, I, I can just Aww. feel that it's Thank something you. that is going to come so much deeper for you ladies in the upcoming months. So I just want to say just continue mm-hmm. to grow and just follow him and Brittany whatever he's telling you to do, I promise just do it don't even think twice about it and you're gonna see it come back way more than you could have ever imagined mm-hmm. oh my god thank you girl okay. <laughs> yes. but to close and just give my little spill um ladies and of course gentlemen because i know we got some gentlemen listening because how could you not listen to mm-hmm. back to her and support these beautiful black queens mm-hmm. how could you not follow me on instagram <laughs> at the milan mobley that's T-H-E-E. Yes, I spelled it the correct way. V. Milan. M-I-L-A-N. Mobley. M-O-B-L-E-Y. If you click the link in my bio, it'll literally give you access to pretty much everything that you need. If you're looking for a discovery call for public relations, it's there. If you want a discovery call for business coaching, it's there. And today, I'm dropping... Well, this is going to launch when, ladies? What day is that going to launch? This podcast? Or on Sunday. Okay. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Sunday. Well, you'll be right in time then. Jump into my branding unloaded course. It is $67. It's a one-day course. It's four hours long. And we're going to be unloading the different pain points of your brand in order for you to scale to your next level. So don't miss that. It closes on the 26th of the month. But definitely get in early because I know seats will be filling up as soon as I drop it. I'm literally going to drop it once we wrap this episode. So make sure you get in once you hear it. But I look forward to connecting with everyone. I'm an open book. If you have a question, DM me, email me. Just reach out and I will assist you any way that I can. Yes. 
Yes, and yes, it's definitely an honor to have you with us, especially on our 50th, can't Woo! believe it's 50 episodes. <laughs> yes, because before we launched, you were in the mud with us, getting us <laughs> all the way together. I remember mm-hmm. we went to Milan, and we probably were like two, we were like, okay, in the next two weeks, we got to launch this podcast, girl. We were set back like a month and a half <laughs> after meeting with you in a great yeah. way, you know, but I feel like once we applied, you know, all the things that you um gave to us we definitely seen the the outcome you know so that girl knows what she's doing so make sure y'all tap in with her she's amazing and all things that she does Mm -hmm. and again much love to you milan thank you so much for you know being a guest you're our first like sister podcast so this has been amazing we hope that you all enjoyed this episode and you can follow us on our instagram at official back to her and that two is the number two and you can follow me at according to Brit on Instagram and that's with three T's yes and I also want to thank you Milan so much on our 50th episode um it literally like Brit said it's literally an honor to have you just knowing that you were there with us in the beginning when we were just like little fish in the pond of the big fish (laughs) podcast world and we were just like you know just new business um, starting a new business and just so nervous about what it would be. You just simplified everything for us and you helped us organize ourselves. So y'all, I definitely, definitely recommend her, um, especially like if you're in college right now or if you're new into like, you know, your profession. Um, I definitely, definitely recommend Milan. She's really good. She's really, really good. Um, so thank you. Thank you. Thank thank you. And you. everyone. You can follow me at Joy Jolene, J-O-Y-J-O-E-L-E-N-E. And if you would like to make donations to keep allow us to keep growing, um, our cash app is money signed back to the number to her. And yes, have a great Sunday, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.